Okay, it's the daily podcast, and uh, we've reached the uh, the time where we're approaching New Year. This is one number one hundred and thirty-seven. Uh, I want to start this podcast by m- making some sort of comments, observations about life here in Thailand when we approach the New Year. Now, um, Thailand has its own holiday in April, and they also enjoy the Chinese New Year in February. But now they've got fully on board with the uh, with the international New Year in ja- January. So they effectively have three New Years to celebrate, and they certainly know how to celebrate. Um, now, what usually happens uh, in the few days preceding January the first is as a mass exodus from Bangkok and uh, provinces nearby to the north of Thailand and the northeast of Thailand uh, because large quantities of people actually uh, have their families in in those areas but they work in Bangkok or the provinces near Bangkok. Okay, so what happens is starting yesterday, which was, uh, um, sorry, starting on Friday, um, huge quantities of people uh, embark on their travel plans. Now, uh, in the past, what happened was that the bus stations and the uh, railway station got chock-a-block with people and there was an, uh, un- they were unable to cope with the quantity wanting to uh, extricate themselves to their homeland. Um, but, of course, in the last few years, because of the cheap loans available, a lot of these people now have bought their own car. And uh, so, to give you some example of what's been happening over the last 48 hours, I saw on Thai, tea that, uh, Thai TV that one particular journey was used as an example and it was is usually it usually takes about nine hours in a vehicle. That's sort of three stops uh, for uh, food or toilet breaks, and it's in fact been taking up to twenty two hours. And we are witnessing these mass uh, uh, traffic jams dotted all over the place heading north and northeast and people are sitting in these traffic jams and the quantity of tra- traffic is beyond the pale now of course with the advent of all these extra cars the um, the accidents that are occurring are now re- recorded on a daily basis here um, we got the first day's uh, numbers through 42 uh, from uh, uh, the first day died, 400 injured, over 500 accidents. And um, um, usually the average here is about 50, so it's not exceptional. Um, but I did a little bit of homework and uh, Thailand is now regarded as the number one uh, country in the world for uh, road traffic accidents and deaths. 
Um, it's replaced a handful of countries in Africa, and these countries have very poor infrastructure. Consequently, their roads are non-existent. So well done, Thailand. Um, now, some of the reasons behind um, the problems on the roads here have been described as uh, the police have commented that they have been finding people with no licenses, uh, motorcycles, motorcyclists having no helmets, and people in cars not wearing seatbelts. Uh, interestingly enough, though, um, of the uh, uh, nine, the thirty-one thousand nine hundred people without a license, um, who clearly must be occupying the same quantity of vehicles it doesn't seem to have had any effect on the density of the population uh, on of the car population on the road so i guess that they're not being asked to get out of their vehicle and stay out uh, one might suggest that a little money is uh, tran being transacted uh, and the other interesting fact is that the 42 dead only includes those dying at the scene of an accident. If you are taken in an ambulance to a hospital and die that day or the following day, you aren't counted. But in contrast, I had a quick look at the UK, and the UK averages about five a day. Thailand, 40 to 50. So, if you're planning on coming here for a holiday, I would suggest that somehow you avoid using any of the roads. Okay, uh, the second part of this podcast, I've got an amusing tale about what it's like to experience driving in this country. From the heart. It was about 7.30 in the evening, the day before a holiday, the office was behind me. In front was a BMW that had reversed across a junction and was now blocking my path while its driver waited. For what? Queues of traffic were stalled across the junction in all directions. But this car was in none of them. It sat sideways across the only clear exit, the one that I was waiting to use. I motioned gingerly with my hand to show that I wanted to pass. For about five minutes, the driver ignored me, giving no sign that he had any idea what either of us was trying to do. He just sat there with the great mysteries of the universe pressing on him in the dark. Who am I? What am I doing here? Which knob works the video game? Who turned out the lights? Eventually, I pressed the horn. It might have been a detonator, the BMW exploded into movement, rocketing the wrong way down the oncoming lane of a side street <coughs> and disappeared. My way was clear. Ah, bliss in Bangkok. I switched on the radio and nudged forward. This program is brought to you by the Tourism Authority of Thailand. I switched stations. Ajan Ka. Stress is a real problem in Bangkok these days. We know all Thais love to ping. Nowadays, many Thais ping to ease stress. Do you think we ping too much? 
Yes, we ties ping all the time, especially when we travel anywhere. We have to bring presents back. Being Thai, we love to buy things for other people. Due Nam Jai, unlike Farang, who prefer to buy things for themselves. I was digesting this remarkable statement when suddenly the way ahead was blocked once more. Three cars had pulled out of the oncoming queue into my lane, flashing their lights for me to get out of the way, but there was nowhere to go. We met head on. The first car squeezed back into the queue. The second was caught as drivers in the queue pressed forward to block him. One or two sounded their horns. In the end, he was stuck halfway and we sat facing each other. He signaled me to back off. This I could not understand. He wanted me to disappear somehow so that he could jump the queue by driving along the wrong side of the street. I reviewed the lever of my mum, Nam Chai. There was not, not much left, so I stayed right where I was. The blockage eventually cleared after the usual jerking and jostling. Both of the block queue jumpers as they passed gave me the familiar stone face of the motorist denied the full extent of the advantage he thinks his cleverness deserves. I turned my attention back to the radio, but the Ajan was gone, replaced by the Spice Girls or some such group singing about their parents. The mystery of Namjai stuck in my mind. Imagine my surprise when after reaching home I switched on the television and there, being interviewed on one of the international news channels about the problem of stress in Bangkok was the same Ajan. I listened closely. Now he was speaking in English and must therefore have been fully aware that he was addressing a largely foreign audience. He had nothing further to say, however, about Nam Jai. I felt short-changed. Short Here was a respected academic and educated man who presumably spoke from knowledge and whose opinion you could not simply dismiss. But what can you make of such a sweeping thought, so briefly stated and so quickly forgotten? There is support for his opinion. An article printed in a mass circulating Thai language newspaper a few years back proclaimed that what is called Farang could not possibly possess Nam Chai because Pasa Farang had no word for it. Much more recently, the Bangkok Post itself carried an article in which the writer declared that Western culture was founded on the principle of self before others. I also recall a children's educational story book portraying foreigners in a similar way by showing two large-nosed characters laughing and walking away when a small Thai child fell over and hurt himself. What does this all mean? If the Ajahn is not telling us, who can? Among all the, peop the people who have helped me out of difficulties over the years, I remember the young men who helped me push my car to the side of the road the day I ran out of petrol near Klong Toy Market. It was only a yard or two and I did not really need help at all. No matter, they cheered me so up. I thank them for that. Their response was to tell each other in a hearty, backslapping sort of way 
that they were doing it to let the Farang know the quality of Thai Nam Chai. Well, that is it, fine with me. Life would be sweet if everyone did the same, and far less stressful if we all helped to clear the streets instead of blocking them.